Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for being here on the Joel Bynes Show. Let's dive into part two on this delightful topic of school versus education. Something that I think we intuit implicitly that school is different than education. Almost anyone might agree that school kind of sucks. That school's sort of boring. That school is not an absolute heck yes, can't wait to go. So almost anybody you talk to, whether it's students or adults, if you actually sat down with them for a few minutes and you asked them to be honest with you, they probably wouldn't say, I can't wait to go to school or I couldn't wait to go to school. You know, maybe there's a, on occasion, there's a person who really liked school. Um, but the difference between school and education really comes down to that desire, right? That bliss. Education is bliss and school sucks, right? So today I want to highlight what I would call the second hidden lesson of school, which I'm um, piggybacking upon earlier thinkers, first John Taylor Gatto, and then my friend Brett Thanat, who was the creator of the School Sucks podcast. That was 12 years, 12 years of an amazing podcast from 2009 to 2021 that unfortunately the feed isn't fully active right now, trying to get in touch with Brett to see if he can get that fully back up live this amazing evergreen content about school um but yeah school sucks podcast was the most influential podcast i ever listened to the yeah the most cherished topic for me in so many ways is is this school versus education topic so brett in his first episodes talked about these hidden lessons of of obedience, conformity, and apathy. And he was piggybacking upon the late, great John Taylor Gatto, 1991 New York State Teacher of the Year, author of The Underground History of American Education and Dumbing Us Down. And I'll link to a couple of those in the show notes. So, you know, John Taylor Gatto, Brett Vinat, and myself, all of us actually are former educators who have worked in the system in one way or another while also being fundamental uh, critics of the system itself. And it is my conviction that we need to abolish this compulsory school system and not actually replace it with anything specifically, but rather allow the organic creativity of individuals, entrepreneurs, to create spontaneous options and systems in the world so that we can nurture the child's curiosity. Because as Gatto said, education is as individualized as a fingerprint. Whereas school is one size fits all. So a lot of this, you know already, you might not have thought about it explicitly, right? The school system K through 12 is one of standardization, not just standardized tests, that's just tip of the iceberg. The entire system is standardized. One way that um, happens is simply grouping children by age. You are now five, and now you go to this grade, and we group you in this class. And then, of course, you learn these things as a group together that we decide. 
This is the curriculum. This is what we decide is important for you. And so there's this one-size-fits-all system. Now, there might be a head nod here and there to catering to different learning styles or giving individuals attention. I mean, I'm very familiar with these practices, having been trained to be a teacher, having a degree in education, being certified to teach, and working in the system for eight years. And there's a lot of head nods, I'll call it, to catering to giving children individualized attention. And yet at the end of the day, the system is standardized, right? There is a, a unit that everyone is going to learn together and it's antithetical to the curiosity of the child. And so this really breeds that second hidden lesson of school, which is conformity. And it's conformity in multiple directions, sort of vertically and horizontally, right? We're conforming to the adults and their curriculum and their expectations and their procedures in the classroom. And we also learn to conform to our peers. This idea of peer pressure, these ideas of of cliques and popular kids and these dynamics socially that are hatched when children are compelled to be in the same building for 35 hours a week and 12 plus years of their life. And it creates a lot of unhealthy social dynamics. There could be friendships that are birthed. There could be fun things that happen. All that's in spite of the system. <laughs> so anyone can point to, oh, well, I met my best friend in this experience in school, and I'm so glad I had that experience. Therefore, school is valuable. That's fallacious. Um, we don't need a compulsory environment in order to meet other children. We don't. That's nonsense. But that's the fabric of society. That's been the case for coming up on 200 years in the United States of this compulsory school system that was based upon the Prussian model where the the father of American education, Horace Mann, literally went to Prussia and observed the school system there, which was creating on this obedience and conformity model in order to create more obedient soldiers. And Horace Mann basically modeled the system after what he saw there. Now, that's just a brief description, and John Taylor Gatto creates a lot more thorough, gives a lot more of a thorough explanation of that history in his books, as well as his his talks and, and interviews. But for our purposes today, yeah, this system is just kind of baked into society as this is the assumption of how things are. But that's just a result of generations after generation for the past couple centuries. People have assumed this is how education is. And so they conflate education and school together. But actually, for many, many 
centuries, even before that, you had many more natural learning models. When we look at something like apprenticeships, which were much more common prior to this industrialized school system. And so in terms of learning, you'd follow your interests and then you'd connect with someone that you want to apprentice with to, to begin that, that life pursuit. Um, and so all this is to say that this system was designed regardless of whether it was malevolent. That's another conversation for another episode. It was designed to create essentially obedient factory workers and the conformity that is baked into the system has been there since the beginning because of the principles of the system. So without going too much into the history today, let's, let's just kind of spotlight the dynamics of conformity. And I would like to read a couple quotes. I've got my quotes document that I've had for many years and I've got several on the education topic. Um, let me start with John Holt, who said, the most important thing any teacher has to learn, not to be learned in any school of education I ever heard of, can be expressed in seven words. Learning is not the product of teaching. Learning is the product of the activity of learners. Learning is the product of the activity of learners. So true learning only happens from within when that natural curiosity and desire to acquire information, to acquire skills, to acquire knowledge, to delight in the experience of obsession over one thing, that's true education. But school says, no, 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 no. Conform to what we want you to learn, right? This is a curriculum designed because we think this is what's best for you and we know best. These are the implicit messages. But children don't want that. No one wants that. So my next quote here from John Taylor Gatto said, Wherever I go in the United States these days, I hear of something called the crisis of discipline. How children are not motivated, how they resist learning. That is nonsense, of course. Children resist teaching, as they should, but nobody resists learning. So these dynamics of teaching in these compulsory systems, this is what creates the lack of motivation and creates the conformity, conformity to that curriculum, conformity to that rules, those rules of the school. But the natural learning process is innate in us. But again, this premise is left unchecked by so many people. And, and so this idea of teaching becomes this assumption that well, children don't know things, so now the adult needs to teach him things and give information. But that's not real learning. Learning is when we seek. We seek through our curiosities. We seek with our dopamine neurotransmitter. That is what dopamine is. I'm so interested to create that, to do that, to learn about that. There's a novelty. That's the curiosity. There's a lot of health in that. There's a lot of vitality in that. So if we just get out of the way, true education can take place. But it's this conformity, obedience and conformity that, that stifles it all, 
it stifles that natural desire to seek. And so this is one reason we don't remember a lot of what we quote-unquote learn in school. It's a memorization regurgitation factory in so many ways. Not to mention so much of the material is just, not only is it forced, but you could say it's just not very interesting to many kids. Now, of course, you know, it's kind of a chicken or the egg. Like, is, is, uh, is memorizing the periodic table of elements, is learning about that, does that, is that boring? Is that uninteresting? Because it's just not very interesting by itself versus is it not interesting because it's been forced upon you through a threat and do this for a grade and do this because we said so. Uh, could be both. If you get out of the way, though, there could be a good handful of kids who are super interested in learning about these elements of the natural world and are get like naturally memorize the periodic table because they're obsessed with seeking out that information by following their own curiosity. So it gets in the way, this whole dynamic. I want to read a shorter passage from an article by John Taylor Gatto. It's just called The Six Lessons School Teacher. And this is one of the genesis, this is um, one of the places where the, these hidden lessons are coming from. And he says, I teach, one lesson I teach is that only I determine what curriculum you will study. Rather, I enforce decisions transmitted by the people who pay me. This power lets me separate good kids from bad kids instantly. Good kids do the tasks I appoint with a minimum of conflict and a decent show of enthusiasm. Of the millions of things of value to learn, I decide what few we have time for. The choices are mine. Curiosity has no important place in my work, only conformity. So, yeah, Gatto is speaking in this first person from the lens of the teacher. And this is someone who taught for 26 years. Now, he was a brilliant, innovative, non-conforming teacher in so many ways, where he was breaking rules and customs of the school in which he was teaching and bringing students to connect with local businesses in New York City and and learn things from in the real world. Um, but what he's speaking to here is really the fabric of the system and his role. Even if he managed to courageously deviate from that at times, he still recognized that that was the fundamental role as a teacher was what he's saying here. I determine what curriculum you will study and enforce decisions transmitted by the people who pay me, right? So I don't know all the details of his career, but I imagine it was actually in the, his whole body of work of 26 years, probably the majority of that time he was playing that role as much as he might not have wanted to. And then when he was able to break free and do some of these innovative things for his students, that was... That was probably more exceptional, and that's why he, when he quit after being named New York State Teacher of the Year, he quit and said, I, I can no longer hurt children, when he wrote his op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. Because of this stuff, because of these hidden lessons he had really understood through his understanding of the history of the system as well as experience, his experience in the system. So this, this conformity is prioritized over curiosity. And this is what is 
so tragic because that natural desire to learn is innate and it creates so much potential for a blossoming, flourishing, young human being. But instead we learn to create these parts of ourselves that learn to fit in and we suppress our authentic self. We downplay our desires. And that relates to the, the conformity horizontally where the, these these subtle implicit dynamics where if you show a lot of interest and passion as a student, that's almost frowned upon. It becomes frowned upon. If you, if you remember sitting in a lecture class and there might have been that one or two students who specific who were particularly wanted to ask questions about the topic and you might have sensed or you may you may have even been another student and observing and and having parts of yourself kind of be annoyed because that student was asking questions and it's so much because a you don't want to be there to begin with and so much of the fabric of that environment is let's just get through this lecture, right? So we can figure out what we need to learn in order to memorize the things to pass the test or whatever. Is this going to be on the test? We're not really interested in the actual topic. So if that rare student who was, who was asking those extra questions, that was not encouraged socially. That was perhaps an act of, of alienation and, and ostracization socially if you were to be that curious inquisitive perhaps even passionate person that wouldn't that wasn't going to get you brownie points as a a cool kid right the cool kid doesn't really show his excitement the cool kid is just kind of going along with the flow man and that innate desire that's it's not really encouraged socially as well. And all of that is just a result of this environment, the environments cultivating these, these dynamics um, because all the children in the environment are just trying to get through the experience, essentially. So all this creates a foundation for the, the adult world, right? When you look around and you see the obedience and conformity in the culture at large, it's perhaps helpful to ask where did that come from? It largely came from the school system. There's a lot of going along in this culture. There's a lot of groupthink in this culture. And of course, there's a lot of deference to authority. There's deference to these institutions. There's status quo bias. And of course, there's apathy, which we can cover a little bit more next episode. There's just an, a general apathy that this is the way things are. We can't change it, etc. Because our spirit was broken in these school systems. Maybe there could have been a few things here and there that were inspiring. You could have had a great teacher here and there. You could have had a fulfilling project there. You could have had a nice friendship over here. You could have had an achievement over there. You could have had excitement on occasion. When you really look back to those 12 plus years in the system, how much vibrancy was there? How much vitality and joy? And what curiosity and creativity was really present in the, the atmosphere, in the building, right? 
or was it really drudgery? Was it, was it more darkness? Was it fear? Was it going through the motions? You know, more contemporary people will want to uh, spotlight that there's higher level of anxiety and depression for teenagers now. And that's helpful to identify that. And people want to turn towards social media as the main culprit. I would say social media has added fuel to the fire. But to say that's the root cause, hmm, that's not really going deep enough, I would say. What's the real root cause? It's that we're shoving kids into these systems, demanding that they put that backpack on and walk to the school bus and go to that building and wait for the bell to ring and sit in your desks and do your homework and don't ask questions. At least don't ask certain questions. Like, why am I here? Or what's the purpose of this in my life? Or don't assert yourself about, I feel frustrated about this topic. It doesn't give me value. I'm not interested in this. I feel unmotivated. That's not welcome. You just need to buckle up and learn to force yourself to do things. Force yourself to do things and force yourself to not do what you want to do. We call that discipline, ladies and gentlemen. And that's celebrated in the culture at large. The Jocko Willinks and the David Goggins of the world. Let's look at me. I'm forcing myself to do things I hate. (laughs) We just got conditioned, y'all. We don't need this discipline thing. This discipline of forcing ourselves to do things and forcing ourselves to not do things. We just need to get in touch with our intrinsic motivation and our curiosity. We already had it all along. But it got stolen from us. It got conditioned out of us. It got squelched from these hidden lessons. Obedience, conformity, robbing us of our vitality and our inner desire to take care of ourselves and to be healthy and to pursue our interests and to live with purpose. We weren't invited to choose our purpose growing up. No wonder the vast majority of adults now are unfulfilled professionally. Where did this come from, y'all? Where did this come from? So the answer, the antidote is to connect to the inner child within your psyche and to to heal through the antidotes of curiosity and creativity and to say, huh, what am I curious about? And if you're not sure, just sitting in that uncertainty, huh, I'm curious, what am I curious about? Because maybe you didn't get that chance. Maybe you haven't had that chance to really just sit and allow yourself to be curious. I say boredom is the prerequisite for curiosity. Giving ourselves the permission to be uninhibited and, as T.K. Coleman would say, irresponsible in our curiosity. Just being un, uninhibited and uh, fully letting go to desire. What makes me come alive? What's, what's grabbing me? That's how we truly begin to heal. And we create what we want to create. We begin to to live with purpose based on what our, our goals are, based on our own interests. We rekindle and we rebuild from the bottom up and return to our natural state, a return to wholeness so you can live your dream. To say, what do I desire? What do I dream? Let me live the life I've always imagined. Let's let go of these conditioned mindsets of following directions and doing what you're supposed to do and fitting in. As Dr. Seuss said, 
Why fit in when you were born to stand out?